Hey, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Endowed Show. Those of you who are watching or those of you who are listening on podcast and audio world, uh, we're grateful for you to be here and joining us. Uh, we have an amazing month ahead for us. And I was very, I, I kind of have mixed emotions about the month ahead for July. I'm a, very excited. And a part of me is a little bit nervous because I feel like we're going to dive into some things that might ruffle some feathers. And, um, you know, there's a lot of popularity happening in uh, just spiritual things. And so we're starting a series today. It's going to be four weeks long. And we're going to be going through a series called Spiritual Things, where we're going to talk about things like the Enneagram, which I know is going to be uh, ruffling a lot of feathers. We're going to talk about yoga. Is there such thing as even Christian yoga? We're talking about manifesting, which is very popular these days. And we're talking about astrology, new age horoscopes uh, with a lady named Marsha Montenegro, who was just deeply in the new age movement in astrology. She was an actual astrologer. And so uh, we're diving into a lot of spiritual stuff, um, getting the truth about it, learning more about it, the history, the origins. And I think it's going to shock you. I know it's going to shock me. But uh, I just wanted to give you a heads up, a forewarning that this month is going to be very interesting with lots of good topics uh, with very, very knowledgeable people. And so I'm very excited. I'm also nervous. I have a feeling I might lose some friends, but uh, that's okay because um, it's good. It's important to talk about these things. And so we hope you have uh, a great day today. Today we're going to be talking about the Enneagram, which I think uh, is uh, just infiltrating the churches, and a lot of Christians are dabbling with it, and the question is, should they be? And so we're going to talk with Dr. Chris Berg. He's going to walk us through the origins, the history, and maybe some of the dangers that we need to be uh, weary of. And so uh, we hope this is a good episode for you today. We hope it's informative and it blesses you, it helps you, it resources you. And uh, we're excited about the month ahead. The music's a little bit different. The vibe's a little bit different, but it's the same show. We want to give you good content. So happy Monday. Enjoy the first of uh, four spiritual things. God bless. That's pretty good. What did you put in it again? Uh, some caramel pecan, zero zero calorie ca- calorie sweetener. What are we doing the gritty on the? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it tastes really good. Obviously, he had a little too much of it. Uh, you <laughs> like, added it in yourself. No, I but in it. his personal oh, cup. Yeah. That's oh, why yeah. he's acting a little crazy. It's an oh, interesting gotcha. taste. Taste um, artificial. Yeah, which is what it is, artificial sweet. I, did I say pecan, right? Pe- pecan. How do you, how do you say you it? You said it very fancy. Either way. Pecan. Well, okay. there is one way. <laughs> the other way is And it's a little, Jesus. It's, <laughs> that's true. That's what we're going to talk about today. Um, uh, you guys are doing well, though? Things yeah. are good? Yeah, really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm actually really excited about this conversation with Dr. Chris Berg. He's all the way in North Carolina. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking about all things Enneagram. He has a book that came out in 2021. It's called New Age Trojan Horse. What Christians should know about, and Chris, you thought, what Christians should know about Trojan horses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to watch out for those giant horses that it's, come up to your door. I was thinking computer viruses, but yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Big yeah. Wooden ones I guess that's a little more modern, isn't that's it? A, yeah. that's, that's, let's yeah. modernize I'm, it. I'm yeah. Stuck in ancient times, I guess. Yeah, an actual oh. horse coming at your yeah. door. <laughs> 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 wow. If you see that at your door, look through the peephole and uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yep. I don't know what to tell you, but... Uh, don't let it in. Don't let it in. Yep. But his new book, The New Age Trojan Horse, What Christians Should Know About Yoga and the Enneagram. Now, this is going to ruffle some feathers. Uh-oh. And uh, this guy's done his dissertation on this topic. He is very well-versed and very knowledgeable in this area. That's why we got him specifically to unpack uh, the reality for us about the Enneagram, about yoga, about all that kind of stuff. But we're going to specifically talk today about the Enneagram. He's going to come on again for our series here and talk about yoga as well. But um, I think we should keep this intro short because I have a feeling he's going to drop a lot of truth bombs. Yeah. And uh, it might blow our minds. And we need to probably process together after. (laughs) So let's jump in. His Zoom call is ready. Dr. Chris Berg. 
All right. Well, we have Dr. Chris Berg all the way in North Carolina. Thank you so much for tuning in, man. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's so good to finally meet you face to face. Oh, and, man, I'm uh, pumped. Yeah, it's, it's great. I'm looking forward to diving into this topic with you today. Yeah, it's going to be so great. So Dr. Chris Berg, PhD, Professor of Apologetics and Theology at Ecclesia College, uh, founder and lead apologist of Spirit of Truth Outreach and founding pastor of Spirit of Truth Church, which is a house church, which I can't wait. When I'm in North Carolina, I'm coming over to your house uh, and we'll have a great time. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I, we kind of just said this right before you know the red light came on, but um, I just feel like we're going to ruffle a lot of feathers and I'm probably going to lose a lot of friends. What has been the journey like for you? Because maybe we could still be friends. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> this all started for me. Goodness, it's funny because every time a year ticks by, I have to remember to, to click forward a year in my timestamps. <laughs> uh, I think it was five years ago is when this first started for me. And I first heard about the Enneagram. I just presented as a uh, personality test. And I was in my PhD program at the time. And I didn't really think too much of it. Uh, but then I started hearing more and more about it. I saw books being published about it. And I decided to investigate it. And lo and behold, I, I was in my PhD bubble. This thing had taken over, or taken over so much of the church at that point in America. People were adopting it left, right, and center. And no one was really asking the question. There was a few people, but not many were asking the question, is this really something the church should even be engaging in? And so I thought, hey, great opportunity for a doctoral dissertation. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's find out. <laughs> we have a Amazing. question. Amazing. You know, we want an answer. And uh, so I basically did a study of the New Age movement and uh, generated a nice um, set of questions, essentially, you could ask uh, 60 different theological points to discern whether something is indeed a New Age technique or whether it is a Christian technique or ritual or whatever it is that you're under wanting to study. And so uh, I did my dissertation on uh, the Enneagram and Yoga and the New Age movement and uh, started presenting on this at various churches. And we just actually had a church. Um, that was essentially being infiltrated by the Enneagram. And through this information, they shut the doors on it. So we've wow. had some successes in this area as well. Yeah. So it's not just uh, losing friends. We're also going to make a difference. Oh, yeah. And I've yeah. lost, like I said, I was telling you earlier, 70% of my speaking engagements because of this. So it's a, it is a very intense topic. A very have, intense. Have people gotten pretty upset at you? Like, I get two main responses when I tell them about this. They either are shocked because they'd seen or heard or interacted with the Enneagram, but did not know what this thing was about. Or, and I mean it when I say the word, rage. Wow. Because what you're essentially doing is touching on what they have come to accept as their identity and their way of relating to God. And so they get, literally, it is a rage. The anger that comes off of people because of these things being challenged is, is very immense. And it's really one of those two extremes is the majority reaction that I get. Wow. Wow. Shocking. Okay. So you, and then you released a book in 2021, I believe it was the new age Trojan horse, what Christians should know about yoga and the Enneagram. And I think we're going to have another episode with you about yoga specifically, because I'd love to dive into all things yoga, but today we're going to dive things, all things Enneagram. Um, and the Enneagram, it's true, has infiltrated into not only the American church, but we're seeing it a lot in Canada. And so let's start by even just unpacking what is the Enneagram. And because, uh, you know, when I first heard of it, and I've seen a lot of people talk about it in my circles, um, just a per simple personality test. Uh -huh. uh, it's, well, it's funny you mention that. It's a simple personality test because actually the uh, key Enneagram teachers, uh, Christopher Heritz included, states right in his book, it's often mischaracterized as a personality test. In other words, that's not what it is at hmm. all. But that's how people present it. And that right there should send up some red flags. So what is the actual definition of the Enneagram? And again, I like to go to the source. Christopher Heerance is one of the three main Christian Enneagram speakers, or three or four. And he says this, the contemporary Enneagram of personality, quote, illustrates, I'm going to read this slowly, illustrates the nine ways we get lost, but also the nine ways we can come home to our true self. Put another way, it exposes the nine ways we lie to ourselves about who we think we are, the nine ways we can come clean about those illusions, and the nine ways we can find our way back to God. Hmm. Now, 
Again, red flags should be popping up all over that definition. I'm just going to make three key points here. First point, it's not sin that separates us from God. It's not moral failure and rebellion that separates us from God, according to the Enneagram, the Christian version, by the way. Rather, there are nine ways, nine different ways we get separated from God. That's interesting. It's not that we come home to Jesus, come back, be reconciled to God. No, no, no. We come home to our true self, which when you dig a bit deeper, you realize that the Enneagram preaches panentheism, that you are literally God incarnate, just like Jesus. And so coming home to your true self is coming home to divinity. And finally, it's not salvation by grace. There are nine nine ways, not the blood of Christ. In the Enneagram, the blood of Christ does not reconcile you to God. No, there are nine ways you find your own way back to God. Can can you give us some examples of these nines? Like, what would they say? Uh, Like, what would be a way that separates us? What would be a way back? Sure. So, yeah, well, we'll hit on. So what do you actually do when you do the Enneagram? Is this probably kind of what you're getting at, right? Yeah. So you would take this test, this Enneagram test, and it would give you one of nine, I'll say it, personality types. And this is the way you've been lying to yourself. These are your false selves. So Enneagram personality is actually a negative thing. And most people don't realize that when they're getting into it, that it's actually not the good thing. This is how your this is your false self. It's how you've been hiding. It's how you've been lying to yourself. And so what you have to do is you have to engage in things like contemplative prayer or meditation or the work of the Enneagram, which is essentially using the Enneagram symbol to connect to the different personality types and learn what you need in order to recognize the truth that you are divine on the inside. That's your true self. Uh, So there's a number of different things. There's Enneagram advice books that you would have to follow as well. So there's a lot of behavioral pieces to this and a lot of ritualistic and mystic pieces to this that all come together to, quote, help make you the true self, help you discover Hmm. your true self. Hmm. So that's how it's done. And all of these Enneagram teachers, by the way, Huritz, Kron, and uh, and, uh, Richard Rohr, they all really don't like the atonement. And it's very evident in their books. They do not like the atonement of Christ. They do not like uh, the blood sacrifice of Christ's death for our sins, uh, propitiating the wrath of God. Do they actually say that? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Here it's his book. Yeah, he gets gets on on it. Roar gets on it. They do not like the uh, the atonement. They do not like the atonement. Um, Roar specifically is going to, again, argue for Christ consciousness. He's going to argue for panentheism. He's going to say that the atonement is not really an important thing. Um, all of this kind of stuff, because he's fully new age in his thinking. Uh, and here it's trained directly by him, uh, basically incorporates most of that into his book as well. Yeah. Wow. And they call it the Christian Enneagram, but it is not Christian in any way, shape or form. So is there uh, religious origins with it? So I actually argue when we define the Enneagram that the Enneagram is a religion. Hmm. I actually said that it is a religion. When you follow the Enneagram, you are following a religion, and here's why. When the Enneagram is being developed, it actually, the the New Age movement, took a lot of the theology from the Enneagram into it. So some New Age stuff is actually based on the Enneagram. Uh, Additionally, it answers all four worldview questions. All four religious worldview questions are answered by the Enneagram. It says that our origin is that we are God incarnated into bodies. In other words... We have God's divine being within us. We are God. It says that our problem, much like Buddhism, oddly enough, is lack of knowledge or ignorance. We're ignorant about our true self. We've bought into a lie of our false self. It says our solution is inner work. In other words, all those things I listed earlier, which lead to sanctification. And it says that our end is deification. We recognize that we're God. So it is a full-blown religion. There's no question about it. And there's the, the ritualistic part, which some people can say, oh, I can just take the ritual. But the problem is, if you're taking the ritual, you're buying into a false method of sanctification. Hmm. In just doing that advice, you've bought into a false method of sanctification, and that's going to have an impact on your perception of your salvation and your relationship to Jesus Christ. Wow. When did the Enneagram, when was it formed? 
So yeah, if you want to get into the history, and this unfortunately is uh, it's a bit tangled because there's a lot of lies out there on purpose. Mm. There's a lot of purposeful lies out there and propagation of these lies. So the, the big claim is that the Enneagram is ancient. It dates back to the desert fathers in Christianity. It dates back to Evagrius and Ramon Lull. Problem is, it's all a lie. Hmm. The people who said it admitted they were lying about it just to get famous. So now people just repeat it. They like parrots. They just repeat that. But it's fundamentally a lie. The Enneagram was created by George I. Gurdjieff, a, a Russian occultist. Hmm. That's the creator. But he didn't actually think it was about personality. He said, no, this is actually a picture of cosmic reality. You can see the universe in the symbol. And it wasn't until, oh, and by the way, uh, there's a guy named Dospensky, and he actually wrote about Gurdjieff's ideas, and that is what became the basis of a lot of New Age movement theology. Hmm. Now, it wasn't until another occultist, Oscar Acaso, in Chile in 1968, added his ideas to the Enneagram. And this is where we start to get the ball rolling into what we have in the modern day. So he still didn't use it for personality typing, but he channeled the spirit Metatron and Ketub, and that's where he got his information. So he was engaging in demonic possession and demonic channeling for divine knowledge that he then put into the Enneagram. One of his uh, related students, Claudio Naranjo, was a New Age psychiatrist and spiritualist and occultist. And he used the process of automatic writing to get and come up with the personality types. So what's automatic writing? Divination. It is the channeling of a spirit into your body so that the spirit takes control of your hand and begins to write things. And he claims that all of the personality aspects of this were, were given through automatic writing through the channeling of a demon. So the problem is, is at base, even if people want to say that it's worth it or it's good, we're, we, we would literally be basing our personalities and what our personalities are off of the teachings of demons. And that's just at ground. That, that's just at ground. That's what it is. And you'd think, well, you know, how could this get into Christianity? Well, we'll get there. It's very, very sneaky, but it makes a lot of sense. So essentially what you have is the Enneagram then is taken from them. It's put into a think tank. And from there, New Agers in the Catholic Church, not saying the Catholic Church New Age, but there were New Agers in the Catholic Church, New Age priests in the Catholic Church, who took the Enneagram into Catholicism. Hmm. And at this point, that would be um, Bob Ox. And when was that? When did that happen? Uh, this this is going to be around the 80s when this is going to be okay. getting, getting pretty big, I think, around the 80s. Okay. Uh, maybe even, again, the, these guys are kind of teaching and doing stuff over a period of time. Yeah, so this week, yeah. All the way into the 90s as well. Uh, but Bob Ox is going to get it, and then Richard Rohr gets his hands on it. And he then writes the Christian Enneagram book, which is the, the staple book. And he becomes the teacher of virtually all of the major Christian Enneagram people. But in the Catholic Church, a guy named Mitch Pacwa wrote a book against it. And he tried to fight back against the Catholic Church. Eventually, Richard Rohr is going to transition, though, over to the emergent and progressive Christian movements. They're very experiential. They're very much into contemplative prayer. And the Enneagram fit right in. So then you have it expand into Protestant Christianity, still emergent and progressive, not mainstream, until what main event happens? Zondervan and InterVarsity Press published The Road Back to You and the Sacred Enneagram giving the Enneagram a stamp of approval for all Christians, Protestant Christians throughout the country. And with that, it now becomes a multi-million dollar business. And the Enneagram goes forth everywhere because you've got InterVarsity and Zondervan promoting it. And so then, boom, it gets in. Uh, now, there is more. Uh, if you'd like me to share how it became popular, would you like me to get into that? Yeah, at all, yeah, or? let's do it. Let's do it. I want to talk all things, man. This is awesome. Well, here's how it sold to Christians. It's going to help your marriage. It's going to help all your relationships. It's going to help you grow closer to God. It's going to help you overcome your sin problems. It'll help you finally understand who you are and why you behave the way you do. Wouldn't you want to do it? <laughs> I mean, man, this thing sounds like it solves all my problems. Sounds like a infomercial right now. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and that is the Enneagram. That's how it's pitched. And why are people buying into it? Well, the fact that we have so many Christians who are dealing with identity issues and dealing with connection hmm. to God and dealing with all this stuff, where did that come from? 
Well, we have a loss of doctrine. We have a loss of Bible literacy. So when the non-denominational churches began to really explode and independent churches began to explode, one of their key tenets was they were going to walk away from the structure, the rigid liturgical structures, and the fights over doctrine. And so a lot of them have very, very, very basic uh, doctrinal statements. They don't teach theology. And, you know, the survey of 17 large churches in North Carolina, only three of them use the Bible. That's not true. Oh, no, I went to 17 churches, 17 of the larger churches in, in this area, and on a sermon on Sunday, and only three of them, I'll say it like this, three of them preach expository sermons. Okay. The rest gave a verse and then talked about whatever they wanted to talk about. Yeah. It like had nothing to do with the verse at all. And it was just, it was just a feel good self-help message. That That's of 17 churches, only three of them were preaching out of the Bible. Now I knew that, you know, the number would be low, but I didn't know it would be only three. Oh, I was shocked. Yeah, that's shocking. I was shocked. I didn't go to yeah. all churches. I just went to 17. Yeah. Three out of 17. That's a sample. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but again, we're seeing a decline of evangelicalism. We're seeing mm-hmm. a decline of the evangelical mind. We're seeing a reforming of discipleship where it's no longer about the Great Commission. Teach them what I have said, what Jesus has said, and teach them to obey. It's now about tithe, serve, and, and that's kind of it. And now you're now you're being discipled. It's like, well, no, there's no instruction there at all. And so what we've seen is we've seen just a complete lack of theology, which means people are now having to make a choice. Do I go to a Bible, which they can't understand? to find my answers, or do they go to the easy candy on the side of the street? Hmm. They're going to the candy. The other big issue is a twofold issue, and it is the replacement of Scripture as the test for truth. Scripture is no longer our test for truth in this country. It is pragmatism and expediency. Let me define those. Pragmatism is something is godly and of God if it produces a good result. So the Enneagram must be of God because, look, it's got the name Christian, and it produces good results. It's got to be of God. Expediency is the idea that even if something's bad, like or has a bad origin, if it produces a good result, the means justify, the ends justify the means. And that's how people determine truth now. And I've been to seminaries. Oh, this is going to shock you. I've been to seminaries. I've asked graduate students. They've confessed I'm a pragmatist. Wow. I have had one of the largest churches in America when talking with their pastor deny the sufficiency of scripture openly and say, we do not believe in that doctrine, nor do we teach that doctrine at our church. Wow. We're talking, this is a church of tens of thousands of people. You got to understand, we have had a wholesale breakdown in Christianity at this point in our larger churches. And you have an entire generation with all the questions and they refuse to go to the Bible. They'll go anywhere else. And the Enneagram feels good. Why? It's just like astrology, just like numerology, just like horoscopes. And you've got big churches and pastors and publishers saying it's good. And what can we do about it? This, what we're doing right here, trying to alert people. Because we essentially let the 18-year-old mentality dictate the terms of the church in this idea of seeker-friendly, open to all, no doctrine, no teaching. And it's left us in a relativistic morass of heresy. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That's a lot to take in, man. Yeah. Can you believe it? Oh, it's and, been a fun run on this. <laughs> so, so tell me, you know, with all the responses you get from people, what would you say is the um, uh, the balance between people who are raging and people who are shocked? Fifty-fifty. Oh, really? Only okay. It's about fifty-fifty. Yeah, I was I was happily surprised uh, by um, by people who who were shocked. Mm-hmm. I was thinking it was going to be almost all rage, and it was about fifty-fifty. Okay. Um, once I got out of, like, again, I lost about 70% of my, my speaking agents because that's institutions, right? Mm. And they bought in as an institution. Individuals were about 50-50 on it. And I think that's just going to depend on your area and the circles you run in. If it's already ingrained in people, watch out for more of the rage. If it's people dabbling with it, you might get more of the just the shock. And uh, I've had the opportunity to lead multiple churches and multiple individuals away from the Enneagram through this research. So it's actually been very fruitful. Um, and I could share some of the testimonies, man. Some of them are frightening. Absolutely wow. frightening testimonies. Yeah. T- share share with us a frightening testimony. So uh, I, I kind of hit on this with the dangers. Um, it, it kind of feels, uh, kind of goes along with this. Uh, one friend of mine got into the Enneagram and she said, literally, she'd been in it after two years, was very unhappy, hyper obsessed with her behavior, hyper obsessed with everyone else. And she said, I didn't even realize it. 
but I was gone. I was so far away from Jesus in scripture and that it shocked me when I heard your talk. And when I, cause I had a conversation with another lady who was going to talk to her about it. And she said, when she had that talk and she saw the, the video, she said, it was dawning on me. I am nowhere near Jesus hmm. in this quote Christian Enneagram. I'm nowhere near the Bible. I'm nowhere near salvation. I'm not like it had led her so far astray, the Christian version, so far astray. Another one, I mean, you're talking about depression, you're talking about hypersensitivity, you're talking about anxiety because of the extreme self-focus that it puts on you and the the hyper-extreme uh, amount of legalistic ways of getting closer to God. It's like you're on a roller coaster, essentially. Um, but yeah, I, I've had people, and just look at some of the videos. I mean, the comments, yeah, this thing led me away from Jesus. I'm so glad I'm done with it. You know, my church went wholesale into this and it's ruined the church. You name it. I mean, some of these stories just get very intense. And then there's the demonic aspect to it, which is some people do report a very much a demonic presence uh, that mm. they have to deal with as a result of engaging because it's an occultic tool. So yeah, you've got people, all that wrapped in. And people don't realize that it's an occultic tool. No, they have, well, here's the kicker. Some do, some accept it. They accept its origins as occultic and they say we've, quote, redeemed it for Christ. There's nothing wrong with it. So some accept its cultic origins. I had... I've had people say that we will use anything from any religion, pastors at huge churches, we will, will use anything from any religion or anything in the world because the Bible is simply not sufficient. We need this secular and even occultic stuff. We, we can redeem it as Christian and use it. And those are the kinds of comments that I get when I talk to these churches that engage in it. Yeah, there's a big church across the border here in Seattle who, like, they push this hard, man. Oh, yeah. Well, there's they whole churches it. that do sermons. That's all they do is Enneagram sermons now. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's a there's a church in 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 Canada that I am aware of. A friend used to go there, and they did a full series, like a 10, 12 week series, on just un unpacking all of this. Well, and I mean, we're again, we're talking about the biggest churches in the country here in America too. All their pastors are trained in it, and it's their method, and they're incorporating it now. Like the church I talked to last week, they wanted to incorporate it in their membership class. In other words, if you're going to be a member here, oh you go through the enneagram. Oh yeah, it's part of their discipleship. <laughs> part of their discipleship track is the use of the enneagram. Oh yes. It's so so what is is Myers Briggs or whatever that other personality test is that would that be similar does that have similar origins or is that totally different because I know people use some of these personality things for hiring staff and knowing who to hire and what your personality is like etc would that be sold as that So here's the here's the difference um and I actually am not a fan of any personality tests and I highly recommend a book it's a secular book believe it or not and I'm going to get the title here real quick I think it's called Cult of Personality. Hmm. It's called, cult, yeah, The Cult of Personality Testing by Annie Murphy Paul. It's not even a Christian book, but the, the title, I'll read you the subtitle, How Personality Tests Are Leading Us to Miseducate Our Children, Mismanage Our Companies, and Misunderstand Ourselves. I'm not a fan of any of them, but I'll say this about the Enneagram. It's a religion. Myers-Briggs is not a religion. Hmm. The Enneagram is a religion. So, you know, people are going to use things like Myers-Briggs, fine. I wouldn't. I don't. I, I ascribe to some of the, even the secular theory saying this is not good stuff. Um, and not that I ascribe to secular theory, but, you know, I, I don't think it's good stuff. I think that um, personality is something that's fundamentally, uh, in terms of how it's talked about in the psychological realm, I think it's something that's got a lot of secular influence in how, how it's defined. And I think there's a better biblical answer. Uh, but at least with Myers-Briggs, the other ones, it's not a full-blown religion. The problem with the Enneagram is it's a full-blown religion. And that's a big, big issue uh, because it is trying to supplant Christ at every level. Wow. And I mean, this this might be an easy answer, but where can we go in Scripture that kind of warns us about this way of oh, life? Uh, again, all sorts of different places. Yeah. Uh, for example, my, my favorite one is, uh, well, and I would argue this is probably the most important one. I keep reading a couple quotes from this, both from Scripture and another really good book. Um, the uh, verses, I'll get them here for you real quick. Yeah, that'll be perfect. Uh, uh, give me one second. I mean, clearly this just all sounds quite demonic, and I know a lot of people would be angry at that to hear that I oh, would yeah. call this demonic, but it just seems very well, clear that it is. It's clear. It's, it's not even hidden. It's, it, it's not an attempt to hide it. The problem is people deny the sufficiency of scripture and they're going to they're going to say it can be redeemed. And I'll share this this one. You know this this verse, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. Uh, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Now, unfortunately, people just end there. 
Mm-hmm. But it then goes on to say, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Here's the problem. If we're saying that something other than scripture is needed to equip people to be to do their good works, and by good works, it's basically talking about ministry and things of that nature, mm-hmm. we, we got a serious problem. We're going Bible plus. So that's one verse you go to. Any of the verses that speak out against divination, right? Any of the verses that speak out against divination. Mm-hmm. You know, it happened as we were going to a place of prayer and a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us who was bringing her master's much profit by fortune telling. They're going to go on, and that's an ax. They're going to go on to cast that spirit out and stop the fortune telling. Why? It's divination. What is the Enneagram? It was received by divination. So cast it out and be done with it. Where in Ephesus, where Paul goes and they burn all the books, right? Remember that story? Yep. This is my comment with the Enneagram. I'm like, guys, they were willing to chuck, and that it, the modern day equivalent, by the way, is between three hundred thousand and three million dollars. That's wow. the amount they destroyed their they tanked their economy for Christ. They destroyed wow. their economy for Christ because they said this is occultic stuff. We're we're burning it all. We're getting rid of it. That's my call. My call to people is get the occultism out of your life. You don't need it. You just don't need it. The Bible is richer, more full. It's grace. And it is the spirit living uh, in you, not as you, but in you, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not, you are God. It's, it's indwelling of the Holy spirit. It's just an infinitely better thing. The Enneagram is just, a, is just a phony shadow of the truth and you don't need it. You don't need it. You just need better preachers and you need a better understanding of scripture. Now uh, that's what you need. Man, I, I can hear the people saying, but, but I want to know about my personality and how do I engage with the world and, I can better know myself, and I can't find that in the Bible. Can I? I know. And here's here's the funny thing about the Bible. You know what the, what's funny about the Bible? The Bible's not about you. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. And this is the thing. Newsflash. <laughs> yeah, newsflash. The Bible's not about you, except in this one way. You are, and this is all you need to know about yourself. You are a fallen sinner in need of a Savior and a shepherd. And Jesus Christ is that Savior and is that shepherd. And the key is, is if you want to know why your marriages are failing, why your relationships are failing, look no further than your own sin, Mm. not your personality. Not your personality. And so, again, we just, we need better pastors. We need better churches. We need members who aren't, uh, who who essentially repent, to be quite Mm -hmm. honest with you, who repent. Who say, you know what? I'm done being stuck on myself. That's what all the people that I helped out of the Enneagram, they all repented of the idol of self because the wow. Enneagram is an idol of self. That is fundamentally what it is. It's making yourself an idol. You're wow. claiming to be God in the Enneagram. So yeah, it's panentheism. So, uh, but those would be my comments. Those would just be some of the verses, some of the stories I would use um, divination. There's one verse that talks about, you know, God's going to reconcile all things to himself. A lot of people love to use that to say, see, he's going to reconcile everything. The problem is, is that verse, I go into a massive footnote in the dissertation. And I can't remember if I put that in the book or not, but a massive footnote on that verse Uh, And I specifically detail how this is talking about salvation and it's actually talking about subduing and pacifying things as opposed to bringing everything into the fold. It's evil things can't say anything anymore. And it's talking about people being redeemed. It's not talking about just a blanket statement for all evil things are going to suddenly become good. That's ridiculous. Uh, The verse just doesn't even mean that, but it's bad. It's eisegesis. It's misinterpreting the text. But people love to throw these verses around as proof text. They don't even know what they mean. Wow. And so we need good preachers. We need good teaching. We need good churches. And you even mentioned like um, once an eldership goes woke, it's game over. It's game over. Yeah. It's game over, unfortunately. Uh, And and that's why, you know, the the, well, I mean, this is on a different topic, but I could just share briefly. I think we have a major problem in the understanding of elder deacon and pastors. Most pastors are not acting as glorified deacons. In other words, they're running major, large scale, multi-million dollar service projects, but they're not teaching the church. That's a side point of what they're doing. They're basically glorified over puffed elders, or sorry, over puffed deacons. The elders are now in charge of essentially running the day-to-day business administration of the church, but that's not their role per se. The role is to be tending to the flock. It's to be shepherding the people, not the building and all the other facilities and the money. Um, and then finally, you've got the deacons who are the people who just want to serve, and they're running Bible studies, and they're doing a lot of theology teaching, but they're not trained. <laughs> and so no one's doing their role <laughs> and as a result it's a serious problem oh my so, goodness a mini church assessment there for you real quick just from working in church 
I've done a lot of church uh, assessment and stuff like that. So, oh my goodness, everyone's in the wrong role. <laughs> that yeah. obviously is the this set up for disaster. Technically, yeah, yeah, went to a lot Sheesh. of problems. But Sheesh. um. Oh man. Okay. So obviously we've unpacked, we unpacked a lot about the Enneagram and I'm sure a lot of people are not happy. <laughs> um, and I'm sure I'm going to get some emails and yeah. some messages, but this is, we're just here to preach the truth and to share the truth. And we know that you are very well versed and seasoned and studied in this area. You're not just pulling stuff out of, you know. Oh yeah, no. It, and, and the thing is, is when you do these types of videos, by the way, I've, I've done some other interviews and stuff. There's going to be people that are going to say, he's wrong about this. He's lying about this and all, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's just part of the game. That That's, that's yeah. what that's trying to do is that's trying to, uh, or they're going to say things like, well, it helped me and look at all the good it did for me. And if that didn't have, you know, you're going to get those kind of comments. Those come all the time. And uh, those are attacks. That's all they are. Uh, bottom line is this had to, this is not even just a book. Um, Everything that I'm talking about had to pass through a dissertation committee, which means Liberty University had to sign off on it. And they don't sign off on things that they know are uh, incorrect, illogical, mm. or false. So this had to pass a massive amount of rigor. Um, actually, funny thing was, I think I think in the dissertation, I think I had about 600 sources and about 1,200 citations. And then, wow. um, and then uh, oh yeah, no, this, this, oh my goodness, I went to town on this thing. And, uh, and then for the book, I, I slimmed it down a little bit because- <laughs> I didn't want this too hard. I uh, oh, slipped down gosh. a little, but um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's well researched. There's no doubt about it. So wow, um, okay. and then my conclusions are there. I have all my data and everything all laid out, so it's all right there to read. Yeah. Oh man, I actually can't wait to read it. Um, now, obviously, we've talked about the dangers. We've talked about the history. We talked about the origins. We talked about all that stuff. Now, what would you tell the young Christian who's watching or listening right now, who has dabbled or is massively involved in this? Sure. I would say this. If you've dabbled, I would simply say, set it down. You don't need it. Um, spend your time learning more about scripture. I guarantee you it's a journey unlike any other. When you actually get into real scriptural study, man, it's unreal. Uh, just the things you'll learn. Um, I would say if you're confused about your personality, I would say, honestly, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Go in and study the teachings of Christ. Do Be a disciple. Learn what he has commanded and obey by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And you will find that your personality issues fade away and you don't even deal with them anymore if you hold to that. To the person who's deep in it, and my challenge is this. My challenge is this. Does it really do God glory to say his word is insufficient? Does that give glory to God? God, you're not enough. Does it give glory to God to say that the very word of God is insufficient. Does it give glory to God to elevate something that came from a demonic origin? And they know it. They all these guys, everybody should know that. It came down to the very status of the gospel itself. The McCords argue right on their advertising, we come armed with the Enneagram and the gospel. Equal footing. Does that do and give glory to the Lord of the universe, the most high God? Does he share his glory with anyone? Does he share his glory with demons? If the Enneagram truly helped, God would have to share his glory with demons because he would have to credit the demons for doing something that brought great benefit to humanity. And I do not see that as possible. And so I would just encourage you to rethink some of your core beliefs, to repent. To, and again, not, not in a negative, like repent, repent, no, but just repent, like change, turn, change your mind, turn around, metanoia, do the 180. And say, no, I'm not going to give glory to evil anymore. I'm only going to give glory to the Lord on high. Hmm. Praise God, man. And this is so good. And You're basically saying there's no way that someone could believe the sufficiency of Scripture and you can't have both and. You can't have both and. Because the Enneagram, and here's why, the Enneagram makes claims to sanctification. That's why. Right. It okay. Says so that's the how you one. get closer to God. This is how you fix yourself. And Jesus said, "No, no, no. This is how you fix your. No, you don't fix. This is how I fix you. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, yeah. Uh, you know. And, and that's the issue. So even following the advice is basically saying, Jesus, your advice on how I get fixed, sanctification, is not enough and, and wrong. That is even at the most fundamental level, at the basic basics of its uh, just 
listen to the uh, advice. Mm -mm. The advice is bad. Oh, and also, the advice is nearly identical to astrology, horoscopes, and numerology. Hmm. Nearly identical. And that's why there's a lot of books. I've got a couple of them that are astrology and the Enneagram. Hmm. (laughs) Numerology and the Enneagram, because it's the same thing. So. Wow. That's a real eye-opener. I hope yeah. that uh, the scales fall off the eyes of people who are uh, yeah. engaging with this. And maybe, I hope so, too. Yeah, we'll pray. I really, really, really appreciate your time. We will have you again to talk about yoga because I have so many questions about that, too. And your book is about the Enneagram and yoga. Are there similar- similarities there? There are, and there are some differences, oddly okay. enough. There's okay. some similarities, but there are some differences. And in the book, I get into people who have tried to Christianize yoga and it's funny because in in very certain things, they were actually successful. Now, the problem is, is that the majority is still very Hindu. And that's okay. the issue. And there's no real way to separate that out. And if anything, it's blended Hinduism and Christianity. And that's one of the things we can talk about. But it, it is different. Out there. Enneagram is like, it's just new age. Yoga is this weird syncretism, blending of Christianity and Hinduism. So uh, it's fascinating, but uh, also very problematic, as you can probably tell. Yeah, there's so many people that I know who uh, engage with it and not think twice. Oh, I'm not I'm not doing the things. I'm not thinking the oh, things as I matter. go into these positions. Can you just give us a little snippet because I just I just want to ask you about it and then we'll let you go and then we'll do a full episode together. But um to the person who says I I I do the positions, but I'm not my mind is just thinking of Christ sure. and I'm not engaging with that. Would you say the same thing if you were doing the Ouija board? I'm just doing a Ouija board with my friend. They just wanted to do it. I'm not thinking about these spirits that this thing's conjuring. I'm just thinking about Christ. It doesn't matter. Hmm. You are engaging in something that is specifically designed to contact the demonic realm. That's what yoga is. Yoga is not stretching, guys. Yoga is a way to to prepare for transcendental meditation, whereby your spirit is able to leave your body and commune with the spiritual realm. That's what yoga actually is. It's a religious activity that may have some physical benefits. And so you can't participate. The actual activity itself is a religious activity. You can't participate it just because you're not thinking in terms of religion. That'd be like trying That'd be like doing a Ouija board and just not thinking about the evil spirit. You're still doing a Ouija board. Mm-hmm. You're still doing all the motions and breathing techniques that are required to separate your soul from your body. And as a result, there have been a number of reports of people having demonic encounters after doing yoga. Hmm. It is not a good thing. And there are, there are actual true Christian exercise alternatives. I will say that hmm. there are, and they're really cool. So oh, there's no, amazing. there's no need for Christian yoga anymore. It's we've got real good, like just extras Christian exercising stuff. Uh, yeah. That's just excellent. It's just great. It's just exercising. It's not yoga or anything like that. In fact, it's set against that. Say, yeah. look, we, we, <laughs> Satan doesn't own exercise. <laughs> oh my God. God does. So we can do better. <laughs> you know, we don't oh, have geez. to engage in Hinduism to get exercise. So uh, yeah, that's a little snippet. Yeah, so just like yoga, same with Enneagram. You don't just because you don't think about the origins or think about what it's doing, it doesn't mean that you're not engaging with that. So it's it's the same. Yeah. Wow. Well, I really appreciate your time, man. I look forward to connecting with you again on all things yoga. Um, but uh thank you for joining us today. And you're we welcome. just pray for all your ministry, all that you're doing, that God continues to use you in a mighty way to just bring truth and light uh, to all those around you. Thank you so much. It was great to meet you and thanks for having me on. Awesome. What a a terrible guest. I personally love the Enneagram. I didn't agree with a single word he said, I have to tell you. The Enneagram has made me a lot of money, folks. Don't listen to anything he said. Oh, my (laughs) God. Dottie, come on, where's his muzzle? I, I, I don't know what to tell you. He's just rug. He's just rug about it. <laughs> okay. Um, wow, clearly mind blown. Wow. Our minds are blown. I see why Donnie didn't do the Make Monday Great Again at the beginning of the episode now. He just because knew he loved the interview and he was just going to be, he was going to be upset, man. He was going to be upset. We knew it was going to rub. When I said we're going to ruffle some feathers, I yeah. meant Donnie specifically. Yeah, I tried yeah. to talk to him before the interview. I was like, it won't be that bad. It's just an opinion. But he was, he was not having it. So uh, <sighs> pray for Donnie. Pray for Donnie. Um, but uh, wow, this is a, this is a big, big, he dropped so many truth bombs. Yeah, it was crazy. 
Yeah. Even the stuff he said that wasn't Enneagram related. Yeah. Like yeah, about just, the churches in his area and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? Yeah, 17 churches, three of them open the Bible. That's like, nuts. Okay. Uh, this is I'm, in the States, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. topical. I know Brendan was like super offended about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't. I was. I was like, honestly, I agree. Like he talked about expositional preaching being like, you know, the only way to go. And Brendan, I heard him swear in the other room. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I did not. But uh, did but he say that interview in the interview? He might have said it right after the interview. Maybe it wasn't. We even might not part have got interview. it in the interview. I remember but, you guys talking about it though. But we do know that in America, like the topical preaching there is like significantly lot, yeah. different. Like it's yeah, it's pretty, it's like a it's like a motivational TED talk. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like you might not even mention mention scripture at all. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. So it's little, not even really topical. You know what I mean? It is a topic. <laughs> I guess but so. just nothing yeah. to topical do with it. preaching. It's just topical. It's just topical. Topical talking. Topical, <laughs> topical <laughs> TED talk. Yeah. 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 Uh, but man, so he talked about the origins of the Enneagram, which was mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Um, I loved his reality of just saying, you know, like even the idea of like both Enneagram and yoga, if people say, no, but we, we're going to redeem it or we're going to mm. think of Christ when we're doing the positions for yeah, yoga yeah i love uh, the ouija board example that he gave at the end that was just so yeah 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 the right in the head yeah yeah well and it's such a great like you look this stuff up online and you're seeing christian voices yeah being like well if you just use it as a personality test maybe yeah. it's not so bad yeah, yeah and so it's really helpful having someone who's done his dissertation on mm. it be like well yeah, actually yeah, yeah. we need to be more cautious yeah. about it than i think I ever thought yeah. about it yeah. before. I didn't even know about the demonic stuff and like the origins of it. Like I'd yeah. heard, like my friends told me that <clears throat> I had a friend that said it came from the Catholic church. I'm like, I don't know about that. Turns out it didn't come from there, but it was yeah. introduced to the Catholic church yep. from some new age Catholics. And it was, had origins before that. Um, but even like when I first was looking at the Instagram, I was like, what? who buys this stuff? Like what? This is so dumb. <laughs> like it puts people <laughs> in a box and it's like really, yeah, it's just weird. It just, I didn't buy it when I first read it. I didn't think it was demonic. I was just yeah, like, this yeah, is yeah. dumb. So yeah. thankfully, thankfully yeah. I had that interpretation. And then finding out later that it's like, oh yeah, it's actually like pretty evil. At least it's origins. And then I was like, yeah. I I just can't believe like how evil the origins are. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Was Even that like thing? the automatic writing. Yeah, the automatic writing. Yeah, which Holy is like, crap. Yeah, that's like pretty wild. And, and, and you were talking about this, like when you were Googling, you know, during the interview, uh, just like trying to do some digging on the history so you can't even really find it. Yeah, he's totally right. Most yeah. of these websites will just be like, oh, it has ancient roots, but it's disputed. <laughs> it's like disputed. mystic roots. Yeah, but it says yeah. it's, it's like it's pretty open and obvious. About and mystic. Not high, yeah. 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 It's yeah. like it's not Christian origin. It's mystic. It's and then you yeah. look further, like he did. It's like yeah, it's it's yeah, basically demonic. Yeah, or it is demonic. Yeah. yeah, and even if we don't call it demonic, and we just look at the, it has its roots in mysticism. Yeah, shouldn't that be enough? Yeah, yeah. For yeah, us to say, hey, like I maybe we shouldn't dabble with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that was a good yeah. point of his with yeah. like the sufficiency of scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Even if it wasn't demonic, it's not scripture. Yeah, and it's. Yeah taking the place of scripture in a lot of these churches. Yeah, yeah. People are basing their whole lives and personalities off this thing. Like they read this one thing and it's so vague too. It's hilarious. It's always the most vague, vague things that's you looked into it a little bit, right? That's literally me. It's like, well (laughs) Yeah. You you looked into it, right? And you looked at like like, like, I had a lot of friends that are in it. Yeah. So it's like it's negative. A lot of it is yeah, a lot a lot of it like well I I'd say mostly it just puts you in a box and like it affirms self-doubts that you think you had about yourself and then it also affirms uh like false positives in your brain that you think from your own perception you're good at so it'll say you're you react to these types of situations in this way and you're like oh that's true i do uh and then it just like it kind of like feeds into your own self-perception and it's like it's not and a lot of it's toxic and it's just not good and it doesn't provide any solutions and it's like it right. tells you what you you're good at sometimes or bad at sometimes, but it's like those are those things aren't necessarily good. Yeah. Or yeah. what you should like. Yeah. Some people are like they can find a lot of peace and like oh like this is actually a really good thing that I've come to or like this is uh, like a conclusion that I yeah. come to or like a personality trait that I have that's actually really good. Um, but it's like I think you can find that and more by following Christ. And you were you I think you want to talk about sanctification. Yeah, that was like um, the big thing he yeah. said. It's like, so can oh, yeah. you can someone say I believe the sufficiency of Scripture, but I also do the enneagram? And he said no, and the main reason is because of 
the idea and the theology of sanctification. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's very yeah. self-oriented. Yeah. That's the yeah. other thing that he said, and I saw on a lot of the websites. Yeah. You know, it's self-reflection, self-meditation, yeah. self, self, self. The flaws that you think you yeah. might have based on, yeah. And how you can get yourself out of, yep. yeah. like, with your own, like, the nine ways of cleansing or whatever yeah. it is, which is like, okay, there's <laughs> nine more ways. Yeah. It's not just... The atonement. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. He was talking about the people who created it actually hate the atonement. Yeah, yeah, that was also yeah. really interesting. Yeah, well, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but like, but no one knows about this. No, 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 no. But now, when you look at it in the greater context, you're like, oh wow, like that also seems pretty demonic. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's yeah, wrapping it up in this sort of Christian veneer yeah. to make it look yeah. nice and safe. And I'll be honest, I think a lot of it is like, like at least for my friends, like they don't understand themselves. They don't know how, how they possibly could. And then something like this comes up and it seems to describe their personality like almost perfectly to a T, you know, give or take. And they're like, how is this not an excellent resource for me? Yeah. It's like, well, I know you're not reading your Bible. (laughs) I know you're not delving into theology. I know you're not concerned really in the slightest about your own sanctification. And it's just like, yeah, it's just, it's kind of obvious. It's yeah. kind of, but it's not for them because they're in it. And yeah. 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 And, and he also talked about how like bad churches, bad teaching, bad preachers, the like, roles, the role that was so funny. Yeah. The oh, deacons, like yeah. when he's talking yeah. about that, that was crazy. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't even know how to respond to that. I'm like, cause there's like, it's kind of jumbled up in my brain. I'm like, yeah, like that's so true. That's so true. And then I think of like different churches and how like, they're each kind of structured a little differently. Some pastors really shine. And, and in some cases, it's like my pastor just simply does not have the capacity mm-hmm. to do all of that, mm-hmm. what you're doing. And that's where, you know, life group leaders or small group leaders. Yeah, like, yeah. But yeah, you're right. They're not trained. It's kind of interesting how the roles are reversed. Yeah. Yeah. But with the with the, with the the bad theological teaching, yeah. all that stuff. Bad combo. It, it, it leads to people... Yes, they have a struggle of I don't understand myself or whatever, but they don't go to the proper source. They see this and like, wow, this actually is going to help me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 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 You mentioned something you were looking at about that. Um, what's the name of it that they call it? Like the oh, that, the, that's sort of what Brendan was talking about with a lot of people. Because um, yeah, I was looking into it, and I guess it's called the Barnum effect. Barnum effect. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's. I, I've seen myself sort of get suckered into it with the Myers-Briggs mm, test sort of mm. thing. And it's the same thing. It's where they list off your supposed personality, but it's a long list of traits. Yeah. And then you identify with a couple of them and you're like, wow, this test really <laughs> gets me. Like, I can't believe that. It's always the most vague me. things too. <laughs> and it's funny because it's actually called the Barnum effect because of P.T. Barnum yeah. and his, the the quote that's attributed to him about, a sucker's born every minute because yeah, we're yeah. just we're naturally gullible in that sense of yeah, like interesting. Wow, yeah. this actually so I can understand how people. It's would, gratifying. Yeah, like you I read can it see and it's how, like that's me. I am understood. Exactly. I'm seen. I'm seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you get yeah, you do the enneagram test. I yeah. can see how you would. Yeah, feels good, get man. Roped into it that way. I'm gonna be honest. The first yeah. time I read it, like I part of me was like, well, this is a bunch of baloney. But then I took the test, like that was my initial, like, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. without taking the test, I just <laughs> yeah. read through the things yeah. like all night. And then I was like, it was a lot of reading. <laughs> and then I took the test. I'm like, part, there's a small part of me that was like, oh, this is actually, this, that is actually kind of how I react to this. Like, this is kind of like me. Yeah. Yeah. But then I, immediately I was like, but this is putting me in a box. Like, yeah. I'm not going to subscribe to this. Yeah. Like, it's very yeah. enticing. Yeah. It's yeah. very like alluring. It's very, um, yeah. It was interesting how he related it to like Myers-Briggs or like mm-hmm. some yeah. of the other personality tests. He said, those are not religions. He yeah. said, Enneagram is straight up a religion because yeah, it has yeah, the yeah. four worldview or whatever he was talking about, like the four well, kind of things that make people, a religion. Yeah, you don't yeah. hear people talking about it like a religion. No. Yeah. But when you actually break it down, it is a religion. Yeah. 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 So. Crazy. Yeah, like I know like organizations that do Myers-Briggs and, or how do you, how do you say it? Myers-Briggs? Yeah. Plural? Is it plural? <laughs> Myers-Briggs. Meyer Briggs, Meyer Briggs, Meyer Briggs, Meyer Briggy, Briggy Smalls, the Brig test, <laughs> M M B. That seems no, different. That's yeah. my brother. Yeah. 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 yeah, it does. It does seem different, and and yeah. it's not. I don't think, uh, from my understanding, it's like you're not supposed to base your whole identity off life of thing. around it. Yeah, and yeah. 
you know, I, I'm sure there are personality things that are helpful, but I don't think the anagram is one of them. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah. And uh, his wisdom at the end is just like, hey, if you're dabbling, put it down. Yeah. Walk away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pick up your Bible. And uh, I love how he just said, like, focus on Christ yeah. and the scriptures, and you're not going to care about your personality. Yeah. Like, it's going to just kind of, you're going to find out. And I think, well, another thing that was really huge, let's talk about this, um, how many people rage at him. Yeah, I was just yeah. thinking that. Because yeah. their whole identity is not revolved around yeah. Christ. It's yeah. revolved around the Enneagram. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's so a it's a very like, telling sign that your theology is wrong. <laughs> so if someone rages and loses their mind at yeah. this episode, yeah, yeah, what do we tell them? Yeah. We tell but them, hey, just like, put your identity in Christ. It's not like that's a yeah. good thing. It's hard yeah. to argue otherwise. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's not, yeah. And we just ask that you would question and ask, what is my identity in? Yeah. What am I putting all my attention to? Um, yeah. I thought that was really interesting um, and just an important one for us. So if you're dabbling, put it down, walk away. If you're immersed in it, he just said basically repent. Yeah. Not in a, like he said, he didn't say it in like a, yeah. condemning yeah you know turn or burn yeah. just you know yeah well i was talking with my buddy about repentance the other day and it's it's literally just the act of turning away from sin and towards god yeah it's it's a 180 not, yep. yeah yeah it's it, it it's like a it's like a victory cry though yeah it's a good thing yeah it's, and it's celebrated and it's like it's, it's a yeah repentance shouldn't be viewed in like a, a negative like that's attached with like guilt and shame and all that stuff but yeah, yeah. and i got that sense from him when he was yeah. talking about it if you're in yeah, it repent like yeah. It was just, it was a yep. beautiful invitation. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people might say, well, why would I repent if it's not, you know, but hopefully by listening to this interview and hearing the, the facts, I mean, this guy, his dissertation, all the reasons, I think he said like 600 and like 1200 citations. Like, I mean, wow. like he's obviously like he is very much well-versed in this topic. Yeah. And so I really trust his, um, his, uh responses to all his whole identity is fighting the enneagram <laughs> well that's just it like you have some people out there who maybe not with enneagram but like with certain things you can tell yeah. that's just their soapbox yeah and, yeah but he has done the research i don't even think he like when he said he started his doctoral work you're just like what is this that's a question mm -hmm. that i yeah. want to find out more about yeah. so he didn't start this with a uh, predetermined. Totally. He's just like, I'm actually curious. Opinion. I'm seeing yeah. this happening in the church. Mm -hmm. I want to know more about it. Yeah. And uh, look how much he found out about it. Now he's trying to help people. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought it was fascinating. As soon as he started talking about it, he lost 70% yeah. of his uh, speaking engagements. Crazy. 70%. Crazy. There's a lot of big names out there that like the Enneagram. I know. I don't want to name drop, yeah. but uh, there are some big people. But uh, you know, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not gonna name drop. I don't. I don't like. Na I don't like name dropping. Yeah, I yeah. actually don't like name dropping. No, fair enough. Fair enough. I saw someone actually recently post and like name drop uh, on my Facebook and name dropped an organization, and it yeah. just kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. I yeah. understand that this person's trying to protect, you yeah. know, all the people on their Facebook or whatever, but. I actually think yeah. uh, even attack the we, idea, not the person. Yeah, and I, I, even when we do dangerous doctrines, that's why we never yeah. actually say, yeah. "Hey, this person says that." Yeah, I think it's important to say a lot of people say it, so it's not about the person. But if you sniff exactly. this theology, then yeah. you know at least we can train you to. Mm -hmm. It's bigger um, than just that one person. Yes, it's totally. like this is one. This is just one saying, but the theology is like huge, it encompasses totally thousands of people. Yep. And even with the Enneagram talking about how like you become a god, basically, yeah. like, and you can control your own. It's like almost like little gods theology. It made me think yeah. of like, yeah. look, there's a lot of teaching about, you know, yeah. that is affirming of the Enneagram, even yeah. if it's yeah. subtly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so if you're watching and you've dabbled or you are fully immersed in it, um, I hope this was resourceful to you. You might be super angry right now. You might have thrown your phone <laughs> across the, you know, across the room and smashed yeah, yeah. it. I'm really sorry about that. I hope you have Apple Care. <laughs> but, but I this was like I felt like scales have come off my eyes. Yeah. Because I did not know. I heard that there were some warnings with Enneagram, but I honestly did not know. And I was asking him and I told him, please don't give me one word answers. Like dive in because I actually want to know for myself. Yeah. yeah. And so that was very resourceful for me and very helpful for me. I hope it was for you too. And um yeah, uh, maybe we didn't make Monday great again. Maybe we made Monday terrible for you. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're really sorry. But at the same time, <laughs> we're fully not. Donnie's gone. He's left. Do Donnie left. Oh, I, think, I, I don't know if he'll be back for another couple of weeks. Like, okay. He really offended <laughs> him. Yeah. But, you know, we always do cold starts. Uh, and we thought, you know, 
maybe we'll do a hot ending. <laughs> a warm ending, yeah. <laughs> warm ending. A war- just a warm one. Yeah. Um, just mellow. Just... So if Donnie could come back for a moment. He's not going to come back. Are you serious? <laughs> we'll, if he hears his music, though. What, would you have some words of encouragement for him? Maybe maybe to get him to come Donnie, back. Donnie, I know you dabble with these things, but just put it down. You know what, Andrew? Christ. I'm back. I'm back, Andrew. I think we have to agree to disagree on this one. I'm going to keep reading the anagrams. I'm going to keep making lots of money. You're going to stay broke. I'm going to be rich. And... <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. I'll stay on the show. Just because you're you're paying me a lot of money to be on this show. That's okay. I'll stay stay. (laughs) I'm actually glad that's all you have to say because all of that was terrible. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Folks, we hope you uh, enjoyed that. And again, if you didn't, we're really sorry about that. But, you know, when in doubt, figure it out how. Read the Enneagram. Take the test for yourself. No, 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 no. (laughs) Oh, gosh. We love you guys. We do all this Wait, we didn't answer the question. When in doubt. Figure it out how. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Pick up your Bible. The Bible is sufficient. It is enough. Jesus is the only way to atone for your sins. Let Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, sanctify you. Yes. Not the Enneagram test. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next Monday.